Hey everyone, this is Credit from Beckham's Basement. I appreciate you as always for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, before we get started, just wanted to put something out that is uh, of extreme importance to me. And that is if you are dealing with some kind of anxiety or depression or going through some difficult changes in life or some difficult times in life, maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe you've had a career change, or maybe you've gone through a bad breakup recently, there's uh, always someone there to listen. And I would, I would uh, advise to reach out to someone such as betterhelp.com. There are people that care if you're thinking about uh, doing harm to yourself or you, you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel or it's just a basically uh, things have become kind of hopeless. Uh, there, there is hope. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel and there's always people that care about you and want to help you and see you thrive in this life. Life's messy. It doesn't always go as planned and sometimes we can't see what's, uh, what's coming right at us. But I can assure you that as many dark days as there are, there are far more brighter ones. So I just wanted to say, if you're struggling with anything or you're having some kind of some bad thoughts or you've gone through some rough times, reach out to someone. Betterhelp.com is a really good resource. There's always a therapist on standby to talk to you about your issues and whatever else is going on in your life. And they can help you and they care and they will see to it that you thrive and succeed and you get to that light at the end of the tunnel. Now, without further ado. Let's talk some football. This week, we've had so much happen in the last week since we spoke, since we recorded. It's been one of the biggest news weeks in recent football history from Liverpool to Barcelona to what didn't happen in the transfer window to the biggest match in the Italian season upcoming this weekend to the Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen, Bayern, Bayern Munich chase thrill ride whatever you want to call it in the Bundesliga to Liverpool without Salah dominating after the Jurgen Klopp announcement now we're going to get into that is it uh, the players inspired by Jurgen Klopp leaving and they want to send him out with all the trophies or are they just better as I have said on quite a few occasions without Mohamed Salah we'll talk about that my goodness it's just been what a week Nick and we still have to talk about the AFCON and the Asia Cup how the hell are you doing? I mean, <laughs> this is what what a what a week to talk about football when there's just so much to talk about, and we could honestly not even talk about the matches. It's just what's going on off the pitch, and the the moves that are being made. It, it, it we call the managerial coaching carousel, if you will. This is this has been an insane week, my friend. How, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Enjoying all the news, enjoying the tournaments we have. We've had uh, we've had some thrillers in some shootouts. We've had some late goals, some uh, Hakimi misses to destroy a whole continent, not continent, country. And uh, yes, man, it's just been a lot of news. Uh, woke up this weekend to probably the biggest 
news announcement in football that I've seen. I can't remember. I can't remember a bigger announcement, to be honest with you. Uh, something like uh, what Klopp did kind of shocked me. I know his time was coming, but I didn't think it would be announced when it was and how it was. It seemed and, like you were kind of underwhelmed by my reaction, even though I told you yeah. that well, I wasn't surprised. You, you, were, you, you were like looking for me to give you a response, and you finally said, that's what I was looking for. And it wasn't – I just – I wasn't – I don't think I was as surprised as a lot of people. I know that – shout out to one of our listeners, Stephen, uh, and I'm sure he's going to be a future guest on this show. Stephen, diehard Liverpool supporter from Liverpool, born and raised. And he's the first person to text. He actually beat you to the punch texting me that morning. And I said, is it, first thing I said, is this legit or not? Because I want to know the source. And so he, he said it was directly, I forget what the source was. It was just Sky or BBC. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's not, it's not the, the, the fucking sun or somebody yeah. like that. So this, yeah, it was legit. And then you kind of texted me and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's been nine years, dude. He spent seven years in Mines. He spent seven years at Dortmund. Everyone thought it was going to be seven at Liverpool. That gives you a seven, seven, seven. He extended for two more years, and there's reasons we'll get to why I believe that happened. But I mean, it's been almost a decade, man. You know that that's that's literally like two or three marathons in terms of a runner for a manager in the Premier League. Like they. They last sometimes six months, eight months, nine months, a year, two years. Look how many Mourinho stops there's been in the last five years, you know? Chelsea, yeah. Roma, Spurs, United. And Klopp's been there for almost a decade. It's, it's, I think he just became a grandfather. He, I think he wants to spend more time in Germany right now. And I think the German national team waits for him. I think that is your – if he goes there – they have to be the favorites to win the 2026 World Cup if he's their manager. So I just, uh, you know, I wasn't as taken aback by it, but I know that you, I think, I think you jumped out of your bed on this. Well, I, I was being asked about you from a third party. That's why, like, yeah. like I was, me, I, me personally, I wasn't, I mean, Gosh, man, we've seen it all. I mean, I mean yeah, we we've seen it all, and and this wasn't the craziest thing that we've spoken about, or me and you have chatted about, or whatever. I just I felt like the other people who were asking me how you were doing, like yeah. like you're supposed to be on off yourself watch or something, <laughs> and, and I, into myself like, no, he's. I, I texted him like he's good, and shout out to Tim. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, how's your boy doing? How's Critty doing?" And I'm like, "He's fine." And and he was just like, "Well, wow, I thought he might be a little shook." And I'm like, "Nah, you know, it, it has been a while, and and like you said, it, it's a couple years over his normal stay at a place." So I what what I thought was shocking was when he did it because they're in first place, City's nipping at their heels. You that part I was shocked by, but not him leaving. If that makes sense. Right, it does make sense, and I don't think – we have to remember that it's now come out that he actually announced it to the club back in November. Yeah. yeah. So this was done before Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. He went into Boxing Day knowing this. Everything has been set – the table has been set for this now for a few months, and I'm, I'm shocked that they weren't – that it didn't leak, but it didn't. 
Oh, I know. And the timing of it, yeah. It's weird. But here's the thing, though. So we'll, we'll let's jump right into this because we have we have to we have to talk about Barcelona too. We have to talk about Arteta. We have to talk about Xavi. But this is the biggest news because he's been with his club by far the longest. He's an icon. He's won every single trophy there is to win that is available to him with the exception of the one tournament that he's in currently in Europe, which is the Europa League. If he wins that, he's completed the entire sweep. I think now they're going to be motivated to win that. But I almost believe, and let's let's start talking about this, right? Right off the gate, he announces that he's leaving a 5-2 win in the cup against, uh, uh, shoot, um, Fulham. Norwich. Sorry? Norwich. Norwich. Norwich, Norwich, sorry. They beat uh, Fulham. Last week, sorry, two to one. Sorry, so Norwich, yeah. So then they follow that up with an absolute demolition of Chelsea in the league. I told you, I thought it was going to be two nil. Uh, you, you actually, you actually said I believe it was going to be a, a slaughter, and it was. It should have been three nil. Nunez missed the penalty, but he later made up that made up for that with an assist to make it three nil. They got one back, and then for good measure, they got Luis Diaz added a fourth goal on. We're not going to go too much into that match. Just know that Liverpool did beat the hell out of Chelsea today at Anfield. First league game since Jurgen Klopp announced that he was leaving at the end of the season. No better way to start this off against a traditional top six opponent. They beat the they beat them black and blue and make a statement saying to City, they took points off of you. They didn't take any points off of us. So these are the kind of games that Liverpool need to win. They need to take three points from. If they can beat the Bournemouths, if they can beat the Brightons, if they can beat the Sheffields, if they can beat the Evertons, that's fine. But you have to be able to take it to the top six, and that's where City, that's where that's where City can slip because City's going to beat all the little minnows that they're supposed to beat. But City traditionally, well, they suffer. They 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 obviously drew with Liverpool earlier this season. They had trouble with Spurs. They have trouble with Chelsea. They got beat by Arsenal. So. Those these are the matches that are crucial to to Liverpool's title push if they want to win. They did, and it wasn't even close. So, Nick, the one other thing that's before we get to Klopp that's a glaring absence right now for them is there's no Mohamed Salah yet. They're scoring goals left and right like it's their job. Now, I have long uh, said that Mohamed Salah is a bit of a selfish player. He's indecisive when times when it's a crucial moment, doesn't make the pass when he should, keeps the ball far too long when he shouldn't, dribbles into double double coverage in terms of defenders, gets dispossessed, turns the ball over, or takes a very, very bad shot from a bad angle. Goal kick ensues, turnover, and Liverpool has to start anew. So I, with all the goals that he scored and all the trophies that he's won, there's always been that, Sort of, you could see between him and Sadio Mane, there was all, always always a little bit of, not animosity, but just they would look at each other sometimes. You could see the stare, like Mane would get pissed because he wouldn't make that pass. Salah, in a two-on-one, could, could make the, he's, you can almost guarantee he's going to keep it. Yeah. And sometimes when he scores from those impossible angles, it looks brilliant. But he could just basically lay it off to a teammate, and you would have one of those beautiful... Un- impossible Harry Kane tap-ins that we talk about, the tapping king. Yeah. And Mane could score. Nunez could score. So 
these goals that are being scored, Liverpool's performances just so happen to coincide with the announcement of Liverpool's managerial change, in addition to the fact that, quote-unquote, I don't believe this, but some might, their best player, end quote, is not on the pitch right now for them. So I want to get your take on this. I think the players, I think this team is better without Salah. I think they play more as a collective unit. I think that there's more cohesiveness, especially in the attack. I think there's more creativity, not from an individual perspective, but from actually the buildup as a midfield and a front three. I think there's more passing, more fluid passing, and there's not as much pressure to try and get him the ball so he can score his goals, right? So it's it's more of a team effort. Yeah. I also think that the decision that Klopp leaving has motivated the players, and I think they want to send him out in the best possible way. So I think there's a there's a cup there's for me there's two boosts that have kind of merged into one, and I think Liverpool are showing their form as a result of those two. But where do you before we talk about who's going to replace Klopp and all this stuff? What are your thoughts on their performance since all this took place and since Afcon started? Is this coincidence or? Is Liverpool truly better off without Mohamed Salah? I mean, I I feel he, you know, it was Salah, Mane, and Firmino, Bobby. And I feel like that was the three. And and they were all-stars, played together. Salah had his moments where he did get a little bit selfish, maybe a little bit uh, later on in the three's tincture he started to get a little selfish and you would see Mane talk trash and, and they would get upset with each other. I feel that that's coming out now with, with Mohamed Salah and they're just so much better without him. I mean, right now is the time that you get as much cash as you can for him. He, he's just, it, the two on ones, you got to pass it. It doesn't matter. He he wants to keep it. He wants to shoot it himself. He shoots it straight at the goalie. Everybody's mad. I mean, we've seen it how many times where you see the, the mm-hmm. other attacker throw their hands up, yell, scream, because Salah just wants to kick it. I, I truly believe that it's time for him to go, get as much as you can for him, and build off that cash you get. He's... He's just not what they need right now. They have enough replacements. We've talked about it before. Their attack is one of the best in, I mean, best on paper all around the the globe. I mean, they those three or four attackers they have, even the one or two coming off the bench, can start anywhere in this world. And you don't need Salah there. You just don't. He He brings the the I'm the best and and I'm the star of this team. So you need to give the ball to me. He brings that to that team and that's not what they need at all. I feel that's everything against what Klopp does. I mean, if you think about Klopp's teams, it's always been, you never talked about only Mohamed Salah or only Sadio Mane or only Bobby Firmino. It was like all of them, you know, you talked about all three and now Salah wants it to be only him, and it's just not its not what it should be, man. I, I've agreed with you for some time. I think Salah, I think he should have gone. When they offered 120 mil or something for him, Klopp should have just done it. And, and it's funny you say, quote-unquote, best player. I, 
I don't think he is at all. I just don't. I mean, the upside on your young talent, the upside on on uh, Nunez and Jota. Let me and- ask you this: Would, yeah. would Liverpool? And and there's a, there's a sample size to this, by the way. We can already this this kind of this question's already been answered to a certain extent. If you go back to the 2020 2021 season, are Liverpool better off without? Can they can are, are they better equipped to handle Virgil Van Dyke going down for a season or Mohamed Salah going down for a season? Oh, easily Salah, hundred percent. Right. 100%. right. 100%. So my 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 thing is this. So Stephen called me today as I was in the car driving and, and I, I picked up cause I wanted to talk to him. I knew he was going to ask, say something about the match that was ongoing right then at that moment between Liverpool and Chelsea, we were up one nil at the time. And, you know, I, I, I told him about my thoughts on Salah and he said, so you, he said, do you believe that at this point he's a luxury? And I said, yeah, I think he's a luxury. I think he's a hundred million pound or hundred million Euro player that we don't need. Nope. That's sitting on the bench. And if you have someone like that, if you have a Cristiano Ronaldo as Real Madrid did back in 2017, 2018, 2017, 2018, whenever it was, they he left Madrid for Juventus. You sell him to Juventus for $100 million and you don't miss a beat because you have Kareem Benzema sitting right behind him. Yeah, I agree. That, that's, that to me – and here's the thing, Nick. So here we're going to find this out very quickly. If he comes back in the team when he gets over his injury and the scoring and the fluidity and the goal production stops and slows down, you'll have your answer. Yeah. Earmark this conversation. We are on January 31st, 2024. I said Salah is no longer needed. He should be sold and Liverpool are better off without him. If I am wrong, I stand by it. Then I'm wrong. It's just what I'm seeing. I've watched – 80% 80% of his matches since he joined Liverpool. Almost every single league match in that time. I've missed most of the cup matches uh, except for the Champions League stuff. But those are the ones that really matter. The Champions League and the league. Okay, And I've seen in the last couple of years especially, like I talked about, the over-dribbling, head down, dribbles into double and triple defenders, gets dispossessed, doesn't make the pass in the open play when he should. Two-on-ones or three-on-twos, he keeps it or he makes the wrong decision, passes too late, passes too early. I I just think that there's 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 some there's some smoke to this fire. Yeah. I agree. It's it's take what you can get for him right now while he's quote unquote the best player you have. And make your money. I mean, the Real Madrid uh, example is great because who better than Cristiano Ronaldo to say, hey, you know what? You're good, sure. Or, you know, we can get a crap load of money for you, but we have Benzema sitting right here. And what did they do when Ronaldo left? They were absolutely fine, were they not? They were. Yeah. yeah. Champions League. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. If I were Liverpool supporter, you know, me as a non-biased guy, I would like. I'd like to see him sold. Hell, go to go to um, Al Halil and and play in Cairo. Go play with your old team. Go play for Saudi. Let's see how you can do in the uh, the new and improved MLS over there. Uh, let's see. Let's see what you can do against those guys in front of 500, 600 people, and uh, let Liverpool spend that money on a defense on a back or uh, I mean. 
even a midfielder, you know, uh, I, I feel that Klopp has them set up for when he's ready to exit and Salah just isn't part of this. I, I, I think it's the end. So getting back to Klopp, which is the big news here, there have been quite a few names tossed in the, in the, the hat, if you will, or the pot that's being stirred right now as to who will be the replacement. There is an odds-on favorite front runner. He's also my front runner. I'm not going to, but let's get to him last, okay? Starting off with Deserby, I think that Liverpool would be a job too big for him. I think that it's a it's a situation like with Graham Potter. Great things you did with Brighton, but I think that I think you need a middle club. I think you need a club like uh, let's say a Nice, like when Lucien Favre he went from. Gladbach to Nice, and he did really great things with Nice. He got them into the Champions League, and then he went from there to Dortmund. And you have these sort of transitional type clubs. I don't want to. Monaco's kind of one of them. They're obviously they're big for France, but they're kind of a. If you look at Europe as a grand as a whole unit, the the top five leagues like Monaco's in a second tier, you know, they're not, they're not Liverpool United. And I mean, United in terms of size, obviously not in terms of performance, but city Bayern, that, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that Deserby needs to prove himself at a club, say like, like a Dortmund, for example, if you can go there like Klopp did and win a Bundesliga, Hey, it you're 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 you, I think you're ready for the next step, much like much like what's going on with Aston Villa right now. So there's 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 proof right there that this man can manage. People questions like obviously Sevilla he did well, but then didn't do so well at Arsenal. Goes to Aston Villa has them in a Champions League spot. I would just like to see Deserby. I don't want to see him. I think that he would be out of his depth at Liverpool to start off with. Could be wrong, but that's just my hunch. So let's start off with him. What are your What are your thoughts on Deserby in that spot? Well, Deserby's the second uh, odds on favorite at a plus five fifty. So uh, I will say Zabi's uh, Zabi Alonso is minus one twenty. So almost even money to become the next manager. So books have him as the odds out favorite. And their assistant Lingers, Pep Lingers. He's already been told he's not. He's not yeah. going to be retained. He's already, been told. He's, he's already been told. Yeah, I don't know why he's third. And then you got Nogglesman. So I, I just I agree with you, man. Deserby needs to. Uh, I mean, he's kind of losing it here at Brighton as we speak. I mean, Luton Town just demolished him four nil uh, this past uh, couple days ago. Um, you know, he he could be a good person to get for Liverpool. You know, exciting, great play. He would do a lot probably with the attack, but I agree with you. I don't want to see – I wouldn't want to see him come in not accomplishing anything. Liverpool's one of those clubs where you, you have to – you got to be winning stuff at this moment. You got to be winning – um, this isn't 2013 or 14 or whatever. You know, when they brought Klopp in, they knew he was a certified winner. He did what he did at Dortmund, which is a you know not the best of clubs, and and they they believed he could do it. So of course it worked. Zabi is about to do something that I've never seen happen in my life. So I would like to see him come in. Uh, Deserby 
just needs to prove more to me. I need to see more from him. I, I could see him going somewhere else. Deserby would be yeah. like the Brennan Rogers hire to me. That yeah. would be that would be that would be Klopp Klopp did the impossible and and won back to back Bundesliga titles from Bayern. Yeah. He's yeah. they're the last ones. They're he's the last manager that wasn't a Bayern manager to, to win, win a Bundesliga title yeah. and he won back to back and he did it he did it with kids. Yeah. He did it with kids. He did it with a with, with a kid named Mario Goetze. He did it with a kid named Robert Lewandowski. He did it with a kid named well, actually, Marco Royce wasn't even on the squad at that time. I was about to say Marco Royce, but he was super young, but he was still a Gladbach. For, uh, he came on later under Klopp, but he wasn't there for those two title seasons. But you had Kuba, you had Marcel uh, – oh God, what's that kid's name? Um, I can't think of his name now. He's, he played He played left back. Marcel – Not I, all I can think of is Sabitzer, but, but yeah, it'll, it'll come to me. It, yeah. It'll come to me. It'll let me interrupt you, Critty. The name you're looking for there is Marcel Schmelzer, captain from 2016 to 18. That's who you're looking for. Just a, an array of talent that just sort of came together. We, we talked about the guy just a couple weeks ago that went to uh, Real Madrid, that transferred from Dortmund to Real Madrid, the midfielder. Yeah. And um, I can't think of his name right now. One of the, we, this is a couple, about a month ago we did the biggest transfer busts, and uh, his name came up on it. Went from Dortmund to Real Madrid, then right back to Dortmund. I can't think of his name, but those those guys all those guys were all together. Of course, I would be remiss to not mention Mats Hummels. Mats Hummels was the was the heart and soul of those squads. Damn, buddy, is the amnesia kicking in again? It's uh, Nuri Shaheen. That's who you're looking for. Remember the big bust, Real Madrid, Real Madrid from Dortmund. Yeah, Nuri Shaheen, BVB legend, by the way. There will be statues built. That's it for me again. So there was just there was just a, 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 a Lucas Piszczek. I mean, yeah. Klopp, Klopp got all of those guys as as young players, and they played outstanding football, heavy metal football. That's where it was. That that's where we first heard the term as a mainstream term because Dortmund are a big club in Germany, and they were making noise. He took them to a Champions League final. It, it, that it, what he did was nothing short of amazing. Yeah, that's a great hire, right? <clears throat> so yeah, absolutely, the Serbi to me has has needs to do that. He needs to do that at a Dortmund or at a Leverkusen or at what's another Leipzig. Leipzig would yeah. be a great example. Go do that at Leipzig, right? Get them, yeah. get them to a Champions League final. Get <clears throat> win a win a Bundesliga with them. But yeah, let's get on to candidate number two. Who I and I don't think this is going to happen by any means. I don't think so. But people are throwing it out there. It's it's it, you and I talked about it. You're going to see the Liverpool scoring machine slow down to a grind, but you might see some clean sheets, and that would be if Diego Simeone came to Liverpool. Yeah, speak on that one. I yeah, we talked about this a couple times. I mean, just the the way he plays, and and it's funny because. He actually tried to change. You remember they were talking about getting getting him out, and then he he tweaked around and messed around with stuff for I think like half a season or or a little bit, and it did not work. And he jumped right back to it. Got Griezmann back, and and now they're playing uh, at a very high level. Uh, gosh, I don't. 
even remember the like, they won today. It's it's they only lose to Real Madrid. I swear. They beat, well, they beat Madrid. They beat yeah, Real Madrid they, they, exactly. Um, it, just a few well, weeks ago I, or last week. Yeah, you're right. I guess. Yeah, in the uh, in the Copa del Rey. So yeah, I think Copa. Yeah, yeah, going to the semis or whatever. But just that that style of play is just the opposite of what Liverpool stands for right now. Could you imagine? having the attack that they have and him fighting with his attackers to tell them to calm down, to track back, to defend. I mean, right. like, I mean, Trent has a hard enough time as it is. Imagine asking Diego Jota, Hey, run back and track back and get, you know, get on Holland or get on, uh, get on a uh, Doku or something like that's just, it's not, there's no way. I, I mean, you're, you're right. You're going to get some clean sheets you, you'll get a goal or two, but those players are going to revolt and fight. I mean, we saw it with Jao Felix when he came from uh, Benfica, scoring 30, 40, 50 goals, whatever. He came over, and what did he do? He he got shut down by uh, by the manager, and that's just not how they play. So that would be a travesty. I would uh, I would be sick as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, Odds on favorite, and this is kind of where – He's a former player for the club, knows how Liverpool operates. He has taken one of those clubs that, like I said, is sort of in that second tier. And if you can elevate them from second tier into the top tier, so Bayer Leverkusen, they are a second tier club to me. They're, they're you know, Champions League every 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 other year at least pretty much every other year Champions League they always they're always around the top four in Germany if not they're in the Europa League they're they're top six at worst if you can take Neverkusen and make them Leverkusen win a Bundesliga they are undefeated in all competitions this season they have not lost a single match in the 2023-2024 season which is insane they i think they might be the only team in major european football to claim that i i I haven't looked it up i'm just gonna say that i could be wrong but i think they might be i don't think there's any other team in the top five european leagues that is undefeated in all competitions france germany england spain and who am i leaving out italy italy yeah yeah so, you know, Liverpool's got one loss, but they've lost, I think, a couple of garbage games in the Europa League. City's got losses. Bayern's got losses. Madrid's got losses. Barca's got losses. Juve, Inter, they've got a loss. Yep. Girona so, it, 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 I mean, yep. if you – so, the question, the thing with Javi Alonso is he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the years. But, you, but hey, someone's going to take him. Some of, if it's not Liverpool, it's going to be Bayern. If it's not Liverpool, it could be if, – if, if Arteta leaves, then it could be Arsenal. Someone's going to take the chance on him and say, experience be damned. You're coming to our club. You 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 finish in the Champions League. No matter what, he's finishing Champions League with Leverkusen. But if he yeah. wins the Bundesliga, holy hell shit. That's going to be the accomplishment of a lifetime. They've never won, never won a Bundesliga title in their entire history. If yeah. he does that – in a season where they got Harry Kane to come in and basically just pick the league off by 25 points. Yeah. And Leverkusen is the thing that stood between them and that. 
I put this out on Twitter the other day. It's it's like if he can win a league that Bayern has bought and paid for years in advance, credit years in advance, they have all this equity built up. If Leverkusen can be that one hurricane that comes in and destroys Bayern's coastline for even one season, yeah, you got to give him a chance. He and he's a yeah. liver, he is a former Red. He's played in the alumni game. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I agree. I I think he'll come. I really do. Uh, I I just it, it just seems so perfect. It really does. And and Liverpool would be foolish to pass this up. I mean this this accomplishment is is uh, world class. Uh, I gosh, if Liverpool don't, I feel like they will regret it. And someone's going to snag them up, just like you said, Barcelona. Somebody will the Bayern Munich. Daddy will get them, and then. Leverkusen will be back down to where they were. Uh, it's just, it's something that's going to happen. And who is it going to be first? You have to ask yourself: uh, Is this is this going to be Liverpool to jump, or will it be someone else? And I, I think he's rightly so the favorite. You got to think he was a player there. Uh, it, it, he's he's got to be the guy. He has to. And and he, so so let me ask you this: If he doesn't win the title. He doesn't win the league. Do you still give him a shot? Yeah, I think you do because yeah. he's he's look what he's done so far. You you have to look at the season starting in August. Tomorrow's February. Yeah, he's gone nearly six months without a defeat. Yeah, agree. The only team that I see on the horizon right now that that they they came from behind and beat Leipzig. They they have Bayern in two weeks, which that'll be the match of the week in Europe in two weeks. But yeah, I think you do. I mean, he's he's done he's done incredible things there. There he's 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 definitely not make or break just because he doesn't win the league. I mean, Bayern are basically a cheat code. Yeah, and he's doing everything in his power. And 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 how should I say this? But incredibly everything in his power and succeeding at that to keep that from happening with Byron. So yeah, I, I don't think it ha- he has to win the league. Yeah. I, I, I think you, 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 you give him a four or five year contract and say, okay, tell us what you need. We'll go get it. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. I just, I had to ask that because we know, we know things can change really quickly in Germany and I just, you know, if, if he were to slip up or something were to happen, you know, do you do you say, never mind, whoops, we'll go somewhere else? Or do you just, just straight up give him a shot just alone on what he's done so far this season? And your answer is yes. So I agree with that. I, I feel he's the man for the job. Young, this could be your next manager for 10 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, Klopp's legacy, Nick, you have to look at the fact that he – took he got Mainz promoted to this to the Bundesliga under his tenure he took over at Dortmund at a time when they were at pretty much at their lowest he transformed them into a powerhouse he got them to a Champions League final he goes to Liverpool he wins the League Cup he wins the FA Cup he wins the European Super Cup he wins the Community Shield he wins the Premier League he wins the Champions League he wins the FIFA Club World Cup stop me when stop me when I'm telling lies <laughs> he he's done it all yeah. the only thing that he hasn't done yet 
and he made the Europa League final in his debut season with Liverpool. Is the Europa League still in, in contention for that this season? Obviously, I think Liverpool probably the odds on favorites to win it. I think he's the best manager of the 21st century. I say that, and I know that people are going to be listening to this going, ah, oh, bullshit. Well, I, I challenge you to find me a better one. And if you say Pep Guardiola, I disqualify you because Klopp had, has never and will never have the resources. To pe- As a matter of fact, I think, I think there's, there's, you, you, I don't think Pep is the second best manager of the 21st century. I, th- I think uh, Mourinho's better than he is. I think Carlo Ancelotti is better than he is. Carlo Ancelotti took a job at Everton, okay? And he got Everton into the top six, I believe it was. Yeah. Pep Guardiola does not have the balls. Does not have Pep Guardiola does not have the – he's got the bald head, but he doesn't have the balls to go to Everton. He would no. never do that. He likes his little nice tucked away jobs at Barca and Bayern and City where you have unlimited resources and your own basically your own game of FIFA to choose, do a financial takeover. And, it, you know, like I said, I compared him to Phil Jackson. It's easy to coach Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, and Dennis Rodman. Pretty, it's pretty easy. It's pretty damn easy. Yeah. So – yeah, I'm not taking away the titles that Pep has won, but nah, doesn't do it for me. Mourinho's better, Ancelotti's better, Klopp is miles ahead better. And if you look at their head-to-head, Klopp has a better head-to-head record against Pep than any other manager. To me, what he's done, he took the challenges. He started off at second-tier mines. He started off at Dortmund when they were in financial ruin. He started off at Liverpool when they were at their lowest. It's been... I mean, it was pretty bad when he took over in 2015. October 2015, I think they sat at eighth or ninth in the table. I got him to the Europa League final. Next season, immediately got him back in the top four, qualified for Champions League. Yeah. It's it's a slow build, a slow burn. He's done it everywhere he's gone, and then he's succeeded. There's a point where that project comes to the end, and he wins everything that there is to win. And yeah. the only thing that really... The big one that eluded him, he didn't get at Dortmund, was the Champions League. He got that at Liverpool. To me, it's 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 not a debate. I, I, I would argue that Klopp is the best manager of the 21st century, and I don't even think it's close. But what do you think his legacy is? Dude, it's, it's been great to watch. I mean, he was – I remember watching the Europa League final, Daniel Sturridge and – and uh, against Sevilla, if I'm not mistaken, Liverpool went up and then blew it. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, didn't they score first? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think yeah. Sevilla won that one three to one. Yeah, they. they I think Studge. I think Studge scored the goal. For, yeah, uh, matter of fact, I, I, that's who I'm thinking did. Going way back to 2016, this is damn eight yeah. years ago. Oh, I know. It's it's. I think it was my first second <laughs> Europa League final watching, yeah. and. I mean, to see what he's done with this team from that team I watched until the team now, I mean, Milner, Henderson, all these guys, just, just the, the, what he did is, is just great. And and it's funny that you bring up uh, Pep because it's true what he's done. I mean, if you look at Pep's, uh, his, his, um, what's it called? His resume, He's followed the money. He's gone where the money is. He's gone where the players are. He absolutely has. So, so that 
you know, sways me a little bit towards Klopp because Klopp doesn't get that. Klopp did not have, you know, 200 mil for this, 200 mil for that. He doesn't have the payroll and the, the oil sheiks and, and all this and that, or Klopp doesn't have all that. So it, it takes a lot more to get someone like BVB or, or Liverpool up as opposed as it is to somewhere like City where you just get what you want. You spend 100 on six players every transfer or whenever you want, two, three transfer windows in a row, and then you just go like, you know, you build on that. So Klopp's legacy has been the best that I've seen. I mean, I didn't get to see Marino at uh, Chelsea. I didn't get to see him at Real Madrid. Um, Klopp is what I saw, and I'm yet to see anything be greater than that. I, I mean, it's just all I've seen that's been that's been great as far as managerial wise. Now Pep did win his Champions League, but but he just Klopp didn't have those doesn't have those resources. That Liverpool team from 2020, 2021, 2019, like those three years. I just remember watching them and seeing that comeback versus Barca and and all those. Let moments. me stop you. I want to ask you something real quick. Yeah. Whose team was better suited to win the league and the Champions League when they took over, Klopp or Pep? Oh, that's easy. City. Yeah. yeah. So who was it? Easy, Pep. Yeah. Okay. Who, who had to do a complete rebuild with their squad? Oh, pool all the way. And boy, did who, who won the Champions League quicker between Pep and Klopp? Pool, right? I, yeah. I rest my case. The gavel yeah. has slammed. It yeah. took it, it, how many? How many times? How many times did Pep choke it away against inferior oh. opponents in the Champions League? So many times, three, two, three times. Lost to Lyon one time in the. Let's center. not forget. Let's not forget the final against Chelsea, yeah. where yeah. they 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 got beat. He got beat by Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. Um, Mike Pep's an okay manager. He's he's good manager. Yeah, you know, but he never managed a Wolfsburg. He never managed a Dortmund. He never managed a Monaco. He never managed Everton. He never managed Fiorentina or Napoli. I want to see that. I want to see him do what Maurizio Sarri did at Napoli and and have them as a perennial Champions League team every season or do what Allegri did, you know, Juventus and continues to do there, do what Inzaghi's doing at Inter or what Conte did at Inter. Yeah. That's that's what I want to see. What Mourinho did at Inter. Those are the things I, I want to say. It's it's like I mean it's like a, a a when you would play Madden back in the day and you got to play as the all Madden team. That's what Pep <laughs> I mean it's okay. Is there any is there any honor in 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 in, in beating Burnley today, three to one, because you have basically a cheat code for a squad. No, and we can get into this debate later. But I mean, there is no argument. You could argue Ancelotti and Klopp. You can argue Mourinho and Klopp. Pep is behind all of them. And yeah. if, if Pep wants to prove me wrong, which he certainly doesn't have to, I'm nobody. But if he wants to prove me wrong, and a lot of other people too, a lot of other people have said the same thing. And it's not just Liverpool supporters. If you if you want to, I, I think even hasn't Goldbridge even said that Klopp's better than Pep, and he's a United yeah. diehard. Yeah, he has. So you want to prove me wrong? Leave City. Go to hmm, be a good go, squad to go, go to, to Sevilla. Go to Sevilla and rebuild. Sure. 
Go to Sevilla. Go to Valencia. Go to Valencia and win La Liga. Do it. Show yeah. me something. Won't happen. No, he'll go to Real Madrid and then and then claim four more titles and be like, I'm the best. Yeah. Right. That's what, he'll, that's what he'll do. Speaking of Real Madrid, Nick, their rivals, Barcelona, massive club, massive debt, but a massive club. They also made a managerial announcement this week. Fill us in, sir, please, will you, on what is going on at Barcelona? This is the other big news this week. And I told you we could talk about this manager stuff because these are two of the biggest clubs in the world, two of the most successful clubs in the world. They have 12 Champions Leagues between 12 Champions League titles between the two of them, six and six. It doesn't get any bigger than this. No. They're both going to be making managerial changes at the end of this season. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on Barca? What 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 do you see? What do you see the future holding for them? On well, the I'll say it all started with the Valencia match. Uh, it was a shootout, and well, we'll say it, man. Barcelona just crumbled, and I mean, there was guys. I think who's the the the, the back we were talking about who. Uh, what's his name? The really good de- uh, defensive back Barca has that that we were talking about. Someone needed to sign. Um, oh, the South American kid. Yeah, the yeah. Well, the so he he's really well. Anyways, the best defender they have. He's on the back of the line throwing water bottles behind goal while Valencia is running down the pitch scoring the winning goal. So they they started out their night by losing to Valencia that way. Losing three to five, they were they were up three to two. Valencia came back and won three to five. And in that press conference, Mister uh, Mister Zavi, the great the great Barcelona tactician with Mister Andres Iniesta, Messi, all those guys, he he said he's done, man. He said that's it. He said uh, I'm not. Good enough right now. Something's not right. I'm not qualified to be managing this uh, Barcelona club. Uh, They deserve better, and I will be stepping down at the end of the season. And the football world was shook. It's it's crazy because you have two of the arguably the biggest clubs in the in the world right now. Even though Barcelona's on the down a little bit, but they are going to have an open managerial spot. So, of course, we had to shut down this episode for this. But Xavi announcing this after the Valencia loss was absolutely massive. I mean, Spain, newspaper, tabloids all shut down, have his face on it. And uh, he just he's tapping out, man. He said he's done. He, he can't do it anymore. He's not good enough and qualified enough for the job, so he will be stepping down. Yeah. So let's talk about that then in terms of who you're looking at. So if you look at this squad, right, you have – what do you have here, right? You have Ferran Torres. You have Robert Lewandowski. By the way, Lewandowski is now, Nick, believe it or not, per transfer mark, he's only valued at $20 million. Oh, wow. I know he's 35, but my God, how how, how the tables are turned. But yeah. uh, okay. You have Rafinha, you have Roberto. He's young. Uh, excuse me, he's not young. He's thirty-one. I, I was, but I was, I was. No, sorry, he's he's not yet. He's he, but he doesn't get a lot of playing time. Is where I was going with that. Um, sorry. 
So that's not really one of the players that you you have to look at there. But obviously, Ilke Gundogan on the uh, he's on the the other side of thirty. He you have Frankie Dijon still valued eighty million. Pedri twenty one, super young, super talented. He's the guy that's um him and Javi. They're uh, Javi. They're they're both ninety million euro players. Uh, Joao Cancelo obviously still has some 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 matches left to him. 20 years old, Alejandro Balde. He is uh, 50 million. Yeah. Andres Christensen, who I've never rated, by the way. I think the Danish defender, but he's not yeah. someone that I have. And Ryan Arayu. I think that's who we were talking about from Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 70 million yeah. Is, is what he's valued at. And then you, of course, have the keeper, Mark andre Terstegen, 35 million from Germany, only 31 years old, still quite a bit younger than Manuel Neuer. So that's 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 the Barca squad, give or take a few players that I didn't mention. Where the confusion comes in is it was immediately announced that something came up, fake news, right, about Arteta from Arsenal, right? So yeah. that was – explain what happened there because it was immediately sort of put into the stratosphere, if you will. I think it was manifested by people that Arteta was going to leave Arsenal at the end of the season and take over yeah. the Barcelona job. But so what's the situation right now with that? Is that is there any truth to that or is it or and if they're denying it, do you, what do you what do you what does your gut tell you that's actually the truth? Yeah, they, they immediately it was put all over the the internet, you know, we all believe everything we see on the internet of course, but it was put all over the internet that that he Arteta was leaving at the end of the season also. And he was going to swipe up the Barca job. And, you know, it took a day or two. But when Arteta was interviewed that Monday, I think it was Saturday, they said it. That Monday, he said it's just fake news uh, that it's not happening. He's going to stay and he has a project going on. I mean, albeit he's been four years deep in this project and won absolutely nothing. Um, he's he's staying. And I, I think... I think there could be some shenanigans going on, man. Somebody could have slipped up, said something wrong. You know, it, this could be, there could be some truth to it. Granted, he said it's not, but I think they're running them out. I mean, I tell you all the time, I listen to Arsenal fans a lot and, and they want Arteta gone. They know he's not going to win anything. Sure. He's got them out of the dumps. Like you said, we talked about it at work the other day. He's gotten them from the depths, you know, of the mid-table uh, world in Premier League, but there's still that one more hurdle you need to get to where you're winning things like Klopp did, and Arteta just isn't the guy, is, and, and that's what a lot of the fans are feeling. So I think there could be some truth to it. I think he should go and might, but he's saying no. Uh, it, it's just, you know, this Liverpool and Barca carousel is going to be, you know, where me and you will be all over this. Let me I'm, ask you, would you take a feeler? Would you take a, would you, because we just talked about it and we just dedicated an entire episode to this man two weeks ago and all these jobs are opening up and it just so happens that you have someone who's won at every level there is to win and won everything there is to win that yes, he's on a little bit of a downslide lately, but we just said that we probably saw him manage his last big club in Europe ever. And I, you, you know how, you know how, 
how Jose Mourinho loves to get revenge, right? How he could stick it to Real Madrid because they 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 pushed him out of town, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what better way to do that than to go manage their rivals, FC Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. I I am I have not heard anyone speculate this. This is completely in my head. Would you take a feeler on? Jose Mourinho at age 60, do you think that there's any juice still left in that tank? I mean, I think the game has passed him at this point. We kind of saw that at Roma. Uh, you know, maybe for something temporary if they couldn't get somebody. But if I was a Barca fan, I probably wouldn't want to see him in. I know he's the great one, but from what we saw from Roma, you got you to gotta kind of see where I'm going with this. He – he just the game kind of passed him, man. He couldn't couldn't keep up, you know. And that was just in Italy. Could you imagine him going to play Real Madrid and Girona and Atleti and stuff like that? It, it, it might be a little difficult for uh, for the great one. Well, yes, but I'm looking at this like Barcelona is kind of in a in, in a desperate position, right? They're in fourth place right now. They're only five points ahead of Athletic Bilbao. So they could easily, Bilbao could make that up, 47 to 42 points. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Bilbao can make that up. They also have, Bilbao has a better goal differential than does Barcelona. By far in the top six, Barcelona has the worst, worst goal, goals allowed total, 29 they've allowed. And the next closest is Atletico Madrid with 24. I mean... This is a team, this is a club where all all the indicators are pointing down in their stock. So I think it has to it has to be where there's some talent on this roster, but you know, what kind of they're in they're in financial dire straits. It's it's a high pressure job. If you don't go there and immediately make an impact, you're already on the hot seat before you can even get to Christmas. Yeah. So where do you have any other candidates that you can think of? Is this is, is or you know? I mean, who takes this job? Who wants this job? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what you really got to ask yourself. Who the heck wants to be put in this situation? Because this situation is a lot worse than the Liverpool. I say worse. Liverpool situation is beautiful. Yeah, the situation. I mean, Klopp's, is, Klopp's setting up the next person with great. With, with, with 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 a lot of potential for success. Now, oh Barca's God. got Barca. Yeah, I'm not saying that the person. I'm not saying that they're they're, they're trash and they're, you know, they're going to be in mid table of La Liga. But I'm saying that the pressure of it, win now. What have you done for me lately? That that there. That's where I'm going with this is the fact yeah. that there's there's three matches that matter. You need to beat Madrid, both of them, and you need to beat Sevilla. And then after that, you have your B's, your 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 B and C level matches like Valen- Villarreal, Valencia. Yeah, they're they're just not performing at their normal high level. And you have to ask yourself who who is it out there that would get them back to that level? That's the question, yeah. right? Yeah, and it it's hard to fill in that blank. You got. I think. can't think of anyone. I, I that's why I said I'm throwing a feeler out here for Jose. But yeah, um, I guess if you wanted to, they could go with Deserby. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, what? 
that's that to me is a is a super 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 duper long shot as well but yeah i feel that would be a better fit for him as far as somewhere to go i just i feel like i I would see deserve at barca before i would liverpool that's just how i feel about that one i just do i i feel it's just set up so perfectly for alonso to go where he needs to go and someone else to go to barcelona i just i feel like the barcelona job is secondary and I mean, I feel the same way you do. I have no clue. I mean, I don't even think the books have odds for the next manager because they don't even know. Thomas I mean, Tuchel fails up. He gets sacked at Bayern, goes to Barca. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then who goes to Bayern Munich? You know, then you got to ask yourself that. It's a battle for Zabi. Well, that, yeah, that's. And you that's, don't want that. Yeah, nah, yeah, right. You don't want that. I mean, that's because no. he's – yeah, okay. But that's – so, I, yeah, I can't no, – No, hold, hold on, hold on. So, Bayern Munich loses the title, fires Thomas Tuchel. That is something that could be possible. We could see a summer where you could see fighting over managers. Correct or not? Yeah, the only the, yes, the only person obviously you take out of the equation is Carlo Ancelotti, who just signed an extension with Real Madrid. So I think that's pretty much off the table. But you're you're you had mentioned someone like you you we talked on the phone two days ago, and you talked about Hansi Flick, and I'm I, I said to you what what in in a world in a world of what have you done for me lately? He had some of the most embarrassing performances. Yeah. In recent memory with the German national team. Yeah. And I have lost an enormous amount of confidence in his his abilities as a manager. So mm-hmm. I, I certainly find Barcelona, I'm not giving him a chance. You gotta go you gotta go show me you can win it like Wolfsburg or yeah. go to Better Bremen and do something miraculous. Like why 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 should I give you why should I give you the keys to this car when you can't even I mean, you couldn't even drive the German national team to 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 beat. I mean, just getting embarrassed by Japan and yeah, yeah. I mean, just ridiculous results that are on becoming of the German national team. So yeah, that happened under Flick's watch. Yeah, big time. And, and you know, I I know we say Ancelotti just signed the the extension, but people are saying it doesn't matter. People are like, look. If these big jobs like Bayern Munich and Liverpool are open, he's already been he he's already been at Bayern. He got the sack at Bayern, remember? Yeah, no, Bayern I, Munich I, had the audacity to sack Carl Ancelotti. At, oh, at, I know, yeah. right? But it, it's just it. See, man, we could do this. I mean, we could do this for just another hour, dude. I'm telling yeah. you, it's 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 going to be so crazy with with what happens because there's so many what ifs if Bayern Munich blow this title they're they're most likely going to get rid of Thomas Tuchel cuz they don't put up with this they don't so you got to ask yourself who then feels in that shoe those shoes and then you have three of the biggest clubs that I've seen in my football time all open with a job opening so i mean it's just crazy what what's what's transpired we got to see the rest of the season, but I, I honestly feel if Bayern Munich lose out to to Leverkusen, I just you got to you got to do something. You got to shake that up because they out of everybody don't put up with anything. I mean, they fired their last manager because he sneezed wrong. I mean, <laughs> we we didn't know we. It was like they're firing him because the president said screw you. You, you know what I'm saying? So. 
it's 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 a big what if for for Bayern Munich because that throws another wrench in it. But you know, it's it's something that could happen. Well, yeah, we could do this for another hour if we wanted to, but let's yeah let's move on to something else. We'll let these manager things kind of we'll, we'll let them take their own life and get their own legs, and we'll we'll obviously revisit this a number of times in the second half of the season, which just started this, this month. So we have all the way until May and certainly even probably the first few weeks of the quote unquote summer break to figure out who's going where, if things haven't been determined or decided by that point. But I think that, I think there's a lot more certainty around the Liverpool job than there is around Barcelona. I just, I, I think that, that Liverpool is perfectly set up for someone like Javi Alonso to come in and do that. Yeah. What he did at Leverkusen with Liverpool on a, on a, on an even grander scale. I I don't know who's going to be at Barcelona next. And obvi- and also, if you look at those two jobs, Liverpool is is financially and I believe roster wise way better. It's a way better job. Yeah. So you know, it's just uh, kind of kind of weird for Barcelona to be in this position. Not in terms of finding a new manager, but like just having. Not as much appeal as they normally would. Yeah, I agree. It's not but, the same but, in Barcelona. Yeah, but moving on, it, we have we have something big to talk about, Nick, and it's a match. And it is the Derby d'Italia, which is obviously translated the Derby of Italy. The Derby, sorry. Juventus, Inter, San Siro, Sunday, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time, Nick. This is going to be, this could be the title decider. Yeah, this is Inter is up by one point with a game in hand. So even if they were to lose to Juve, they would still have a game in hand. They could easily win that one and then go right back ahead. So Juve have a lot more work to do. Inter, though, with this win, if they beat if they beat Juventus on Sunday, they could pretty much, for all intents and purposes, unless they have this monumental collapse, they could lock this up. Now I'll give you the odds right now. Currently, Nick Inter have a fifty-two percent win probability. Juventus twenty-one percent and a draw twenty-seven percent. We saw a draw in Turin earlier this season, one-one. Give me your thoughts on this matchup. This is this is monumental. It's, this is as big as it gets. Match of the week in Europe by far. Nothing else is even going to come close. This this could be the Super Bowl of Italy, and we're seeing it in February. Yeah, Juve slip up with the red card this last match against Empoli, and and I told you we were texting and and talking about it, and uh, they they really messed their their shot up here with only taking a point against Empoli. Now coming into Inter Milan, the biggest match of the season, you got to ask yourself: can they can they stay level headed and go into uh, into Inter Milan's home and actually put up a fight? I mean, Inter Milan has been been on such hot fire. I mean, they just with the draw against uh, Genoa recently, that's really the only bad result they have. I'm I'm not counting the um, Coppa Italia. We can we can forget that. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they haven't lost a match in, since Sassuolo, and that was in uh, the. Uh, Sixth round. So you're talking about two juggernauts who are on fire going at it. And I, I just feel this is, like you said, this is Juve's to lose. Uh, they lose this and 
you got to kind of put Inter in that same spot that, you know, PSG's in right now uh, where they're just so far up. It's going to take a monumental crashing for Juve to be able to catch up because at the same time, Juve have to keep winning also. This isn't just a Inter, you know, win this match and then Juve just can automatically be at their heels. They have to keep winning too. So big match, yeah. Sunday, this is this is probably the biggest one we've seen so far in this season. Being that you know you have these title implications, uh, it's it's big and it, and it's Juve. You gotta you gotta win this, or your season could be finito. Here's the thing: so both of them are going to line up in a three-five-two. So they both play the same exact formation, but they have yeah. very very different they have very very different tactical ideas. So you're you're going to see Allegri and Simeone having two different philosophies, but with the exact same formation. Yeah, yeah, and and it's going to come up to the players. It's going to come all down to the players. Can can Juve keep a level head? I mean, this could easily be one of those zero zero slug out uh, recent time Italy matches where we see very very few. You know, goals, couple chances here, there. Latoro shot here. Uh, Malik is suspended, so we won't see him. But will Vaholic get any chances in front of goal? Dusan, uh, we will see. I don't think Inter Milan's going to give him much. I, if I had, you know, gun to my head, triggers pulled. If I'm wrong, I would take the under here. I don't see a lot of goals being scored, but Juve have to come out strong. I, I feel. This is Juve's to lose. I, I just the pressure's on them, just like you said. It has to be. Well, Inter's so versatile in their three five two setup, right? So Inzaghi can 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 instruct them to dominate possession, but they also can hang back. I mean, we saw this yeah. just this past weekend against Fiorentina. They can sit back, let the other team have possession, and then Inter can can strike a counter and then yeah. beat you like that. I I, I you know it, it would almost I would almost say that they would probably let that be the case against Juve. Juve would probably yep. come down the pitch. Inter's going to wait for them to make a mistake, dispossess them, yep. counterattack, and there you go. It's going to be it's it, it's going to be a one on one or a two on one versus a keeper, maybe uh, one defender back there. But Inter's going to look to get the advantage on on quick striking counterattacks, getting possession only when they need it. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And that's – they're 100% one of the most versatile sides that we we have seen. I, I mean, champion, from Champions League to league play, if they get that goal in the first 10, 20 minutes, they can do exactly what you said and sit back because they just did it against a decent side in Fiorentina. Now, Fiorentina missed, their, missed a penalty, but that comes along with the game. I mean, teams miss penalties. You can credit that to the goalkeeper or the person taking it, but – they held on. They held strong. They did exactly what you said. They sat back, and they played it perfectly. I mean, the the one nil win was all they needed, and they did it. And uh, we could we could definitely see that this weekend. I mean, quick goal at home against Juve, and then sitting back. I I think that could seal the deal because here's the thing though. Juve Juve actually loved to sit back. That's that's the thing. Yeah. I think Inter's going to have possession because because Juve absolutely won't take it. I you, yeah. you this the Allegri's three five two since coming back in twenty twenty one to the club after leaving them, he 
they they are much more inclined to sit back and they basically just use the physicality of the strikers in their in their attacking approach. So it's not it's not the same as Inter. Inter can dominate possession while in the three five two formation, Juve chooses almost exclusively chooses not to. Yeah, so it's an I- interesting. It's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be a game of, of chicken, kind of like you know who's yeah. gonna do what. Are you? Are you gonna sit back? I mean, somebody's got to take the ball. Somebody's gonna yeah. take the ball forward. Yeah. Of the two, I think Juve will concede that and let Inter come at them. But I believe Inter are much more, are much better set up to win if they somehow, if Juve decided that this was the this was the match they're gonna do it in to take possession, come at Inter, try and get their attack down the middle. Use that that physicality, if you will, to try and see if they can break through, and then it's up to Enter to create chaos, disruption, dispossess, counter, score. So yeah. that's that. That's what that's what I would look for. Only if you, uh, but I still I still maintain Enter are going to have probably 65, 60, 65 percent possession. Juve will be happy to sit back and let them come at them. And they're going to try to score in the times when they have the ball, because when they have the ball, it's probably going to be high efficiency scoring chances. Yeah. See, man, I I don't know why I'm just feeling like Inter just going to sit back. I I don't, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just, I don't know the San Siro. I don't know. Yeah, I know because they're at home. I mean, I just, I, I definitely am leaning towards not a lot of goals here, but I feel just that Juve need to get this so much more. I, I know, I feel like they are the ones who need it more. But at the same time, Inter Milan can do exactly like you said and 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 cause disruption, get get up the middle, score that goal. And then Juve is, quite frankly, I think they're screwed. If, if they go down 1-0, one, one I think it's going to be probably lights out. Uh, we could see more. It could see one one, but yeah, I'm just I'm feeling it's more on Juve, and I, I just feel Inter Milan are just gonna gonna silence them, get that first goal, and then just shut them down. That that that's just how I feel. I mean, I've been wrong a lot, and I've been wrong a lot in Italy. So, well, no, the the thing that Inter has in this advantage is the fact that Lautaro Martinez and Marcus Turam they they're able. They're out and out forwards. That's what they do. That's what their specialties are, specialties are on the pitch, and they can link up. They link up very well together, and they coordinate their movements. They're yeah. in sync with each other. Yeah, it's not it's not the same for Juve, but Inter Inter have two forwards that are that are into in sync with each other. They are both capable of scoring at any yeah. point at any time Deadly. but they also play off of each other so incredibly well there's so much chemistry on on, on the field when these two are, are are playing yeah it's 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 almost it's almost the perfect combination that Insagi's found in this the 352 with those two spearheading the attack up front they have they 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 basically present such a dangerous attack that Especially because of them being so well synchronized, it's it's something that if if you're anybody but Juve, it's probably it's probably your death. But the fact is, Juve have always been under Allegri, and they continue to be 
a very tough team to break down, a defensive stalwart. They're known for their back line, and that's always that's a sta- that's a stamp and a staple of Allegri at, at Juventus. So I don't think it's going to be as easy to break Juve down, even even if it is a counter. I think it's I you know Juve's got to go in this probably defensive minded. They're going to have obviously the crowd against them. It's going to be eighty thousand plus at the San Siro packed in. Hanging up, hanging, hanging from the rafters, as they used to say. I don't know, man. I, I, I think that because they're the away team, and they're going to be, I would, I don't want to say huge underdogs, but they're going to be underdogs nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to be the ones that sit back. I think Inter's going to come. They're going to concede possession to Inter and and, yeah. and 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 see if they can. This might all, and, and Nick. This and this would suck if it's the case, but Juve might. Juve might actually try to play Inter the way that United play Liverpool and say, okay, we're going to go for this one-point draw, nil-nil or 1-1, one, <laughs> one, and we'll take our chances that someone slips up, that Inter has a banana peel against, uh, I don't know, um, somebody like Frozenone or oh, okay. somebody, I'm not, you know, yeah. somebody like that, right? Yeah. And – Juve just says we'll just take care of business and we'll chip away at them like that. We're not gonna. Yeah. We don't. We just don't want to give them three points and us have zero. Exactly. So yeah. we'll split it with them one one and we'll live to fight another day. We'll be four points behind. Well, if you have the match in hand, that's the thing that Inter's has. But yeah. At the end of the day, before Inter plays that match, they would only still be one point ahead of Juve, and I think Juve would be willing to take their chances over the next what 14 15 match days and say yeah we're going to we're going to play it out we're going to see where they land and where we land yeah no that that it's funny as you say that that could be the more likely thing because exactly what manchester united did to liverpool is is exactly that they said we're just going to shut you down you're not going to get through us we're going to take that point we're going to forget this match ever happened and move on and that could be something that juve does you're you're absolutely right because they could, they could screw around and lose three nil. I mean, if they open up and try something crazy, Inter could c- completely finish them off. But they sit back and fight for that one, that one point. Then we could see exactly that—a repeat of the Liverpool United match where we were both just like, "What in the world are we watching?" Well, who who scares you if you're Inter? Who who scares you most that Juventus has if they go forward? Like, what is what? Who's the one player that you think you have to watch out for? Obviously, we just said with Juventus, they have to worry about Turam and Lautaro Martinez. Both of them yeah. can score from any angle, any time, and they are both incredibly well coordinated with each other. That it's it's a it's a it's a two a two prong attack that really is one of the best in Europe is in terms yeah. of having two forwards in, in your, in your, in your attack. So this yeah. is not a front three, it's a front two and it's a damn good front two, but who for Juventus uh, scares you? If you're, if you're in Zaghi, who are you watching out for? Well, Dusan, Dusan, yeah. Vaholic, he scored five in the last three matches. I mean, he's their one guy, right? He's their, he's their safety valve, right? Yeah. He's there. He's their one guy up top that is going to finish you off. He's going to, he got five in the last three matches. Two braces. Uh, it, it has to be him. Malik, he's old news. He's, I mean, he's Napoli's old guy. And he's hurt, or not hurt. He's actually suspended because of the red card. And you got to, Moises Keane, I mean, he's just, he's still hurt too, as a matter of fact. I'm seeing that now. He's out. So you got to, 
with them playing Timothy Weah and whatnot, you got to think Dusan is their only hope. I mean, he's got to be the guy that you have to count on to get that goal or, or they're, they're finished. Yeah. I was going to say, so is you said Moist Keen is injured right now. Yep. yep. He's hurt. He's, he's been out. Gosh, for since he's been out since the Napoli match in 2023. So in December, Pogba, you know, the deal with him, he's suspended. Um, Timothy Way has been playing uh, midfield on the wing, whatnot. He's been getting terrible uh, ratings, though. Yellow cards. Um, yeah, it's 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 just it's got to go through him, man. You you got to think. I mean, Locatelli's been playing pretty well. Uh, Looks like Milik's sitting on a red card too. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, he's not playing. He's 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 going to be out for sure. He has to. He got that red the last match. That's incredible. So, Moise Keen, at one time, the, the potential he had, he's, yeah. he's only 23 years old still. He's yeah. only valued 18 million euros. Yeah. It's insane. Caustic, Caustic he's, he's been so-so. You know, people are waiting for him to, to show something. You have to watch out for Kiesa, right? Kiesa's yeah. very dangerous on that left wing. Yeah. he He's hurt, right? I don't know if he's going to be ready for the match, but he has been out for the last two, so I'm kind of weary of him. I'm not saying it. it, it, I'm I'm seeing him. He he doesn't say he's injured right now. Chiesa, uh, Frederico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was was injured for the last two matches. Um, It's not saying he's out for the next one, but he he missed the last two. He did score a goal against Sassuolo in the 34 minutes he played, but he's – he was hurt versus Empoli and versus uh, Leche. We also have our boy Weston McKinney. Yep, good old American, right up in the middle. Good old American. Yeah, he's he's been he's been decent too. He's been playing pretty well. So, I mean, to have them in second with who they have, when you look at it, is is actually you know I lean towards manager. He he's been doing such a good job at what he has. But really, you know, only thing Inter Milan really have to worry about is Dusan. Uh, um, the Turkish player was playing okay. He's been getting goals every now and then. The striker they have, but he yeah. he wasn't even in the. Um, he only played thirteen minutes versus Empoli, and uh, only for like three fourths of the match against uh, Lecce. So you, it has to be Dusan. It has to be the Serbian. Okay, so then let's go with our predictions. We've talked about this now for for quite a while. I want to go ahead and get our predictions for Inter and Juve. I know I'll be watching it. You'll be watching it. This is this is going to be the conclusion of the weekend here on the East Coast, and I couldn't think of a better match. This is this is black and whites versus black and blues. This is as good as it gets when it comes to European football. One of the greatest rivalries in the history of the game. So let's go ahead, Nick. Let's get your prediction. What do you think? How do you see this this match playing out? Yeah, I'm I'm going to say one nil to enter. I'm going to say a goal by Latoro, and they just they shut them down. Juve won't be able to break through, and season's over. So I'm I'm going to go with a little bit more than you on that. I think it's going to be two one to enter. I do think that both I think both teams are going to score and it's going to be a 1-1 draw and I think Inter's going to go for it. I think they have they know that if they could win this match, they can almost put the final nail in Juve's coffin for the 23-24 season. They would be chasing them 
They'd be four points behind with a, with a game in hand. Inter win that, and they're seven points ahead, like I said before. The way that Inter have been playing this season, doesn't matter how, how good of a form Juventus goes on. That Napoli draw, excuse me, the Empoli draw, and then losing at the San Siro would almost, would, would almost certainly be the death of them unless Inter had a complete and utter collapse. I just don't see Inter giving up seven points the rest of the season when they've been playing at such a high level in both Europe and in Italy. So I'm going to go with 2-1, and I think Lotaro scores late. I would say something around minutes 85 to 90 and takes the game from level 1-1 to 2-1 and enter hang on to win 2-1 at the San Siro, putting them far ahead of Juve in the title race. Yeah, I love it. I'd rather see yours. I'd rather see you two one easily. Yeah, yeah I think that I think that's I think it's I think it's going to come down to the wire like that. I don't I you know one nil is fine, but I, I I think that I think both are I think yeah. this is such a highly competitive game that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get one pass. I mean Chesney, I know he's thirty three now, but still a you know top level goalkeeper. I think and I think that's gonna that's 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 going to be still a brick wall that Inter's going to have to get around. I think they'll they'll do it at, the, at, at pretty much towards the death of the match. I think that we're going to see it could be. I'm going to go with Lotaro, but it could be Turam. It could. Be, I mean, you know, either one yeah. of those two can can beat you. Like I said, from any given any, at any given point in the match. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Two one, and it's going to make the the odds pretty high for Juventus to try and take the title this season. I think Inter Inter will get back to their championship ways from three years ago absolutely man i'm ready for it biggest biggest match in in italy we've had in a minute well let's talk real quick uh i know you want to talk about afcon asia cup so let's get people caught up on that real quick if you don't mind sir i know that you've been following this very closely some disappointments for you morocco losing senegal losing egypt losing so let's talk about who's left and let's talk about who you think are the favorites now that the deck has been shuffled a little bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just the names that you, you named right there. I, I mean, for first off, I want to say I'll, I'll start in Africa. Mm-hmm. I want to say that Ivory coast, I mean, firing your manager, flying a guy out uh, into, into, well, I guess they don't have to fly him out. Hell, if he was in Ivory Coast, because that's where the tournament is. Hell, if he was there, yeah, he they're hosting to, it. Yeah, he just had to take a ride, take a trip to the to the grounds. But hired a guy two days before the Senegal match, and he led them to a a victory against the basically tournament favorites alongside Morocco to a victory. Uh, Frank Frank Kessie. Uh, yeah. from Al-Halil got the penalty, the, the late AC Milan Barcelona player yeah. now playing in the great Saudi league. He got them a penalty and then they went to extra to nothing. And then a uh, Senegalese player, a young, not youngster, but 27 year old. I can't pronounce Musa. I can't pronounce his name. He missed the penalty from Nottingham forest and Ivory coast sealed the deal and took out, the odds out favorite alongside Morocco to win the tournament took out Senegal and absolutely shocked the world. I, 
I said to everybody that talked to me, I said, you want something to take, take Senegal because they have a manager who just stepped on the field and somehow they put it together and got it. They did it, man. Sadio Mane got sent home and they advanced to play Mali, who I think is probably going to be your, one of your finalists being in that bracket there. I feel Mali are very strong. They probably beat Ivory Coast. It's kind of hard to say now that, you know, they're doing so well with this guy that just just started. But DR Congo and Guinea, uh, Garassi playing for Guinea has been doing very well. He hasn't scored, but he's been on the pitch. He's been causing trouble. Uh, I think they beat Congo, and we'll see Mali versus Congo or Guinea, and then Mali will beat them, and then the uh, – my favorite now would have to be Nigeria. You got to think Victor Oshiman. You got to think Lookman from Atlantia. You you got to think that they uh, have to be up there with Mali and Ivory Coast as favorites. So a little bit ways to go. Cape Verde has been doing very well also. They play South Africa, who absolutely shocked Morocco. I was texting you during this. I was listening to the match on radio. I was taking it back to the 80s, man. I was listening to the to the football match on the radio. Yeah. And they were just it it was funny, man. The South Africa scored. They are their two center backs and goalie were just absolutely incredible this match. Shut down everybody. That center back pairing, it's funny, man. They need to be looked at. Somebody needs to pay for them. They played lights out. And they couldn't Morocco couldn't break through. South Africa score and then uh the penalties called for Morocco and Morocco fans are celebrating running around. You had one guy was praying on the pitch while, um, while uh, what's his name? Hakimi was about to take the penalty and sure enough, man, what does he do? He skies it, hits the bar, knocks it off. People are crying. And uh, then Arbat, the United idiot gets a red card and that's game over, man. South Africa. <laughs> the United idiot. Yeah. Uh-huh. United idiot takes his idiocy to the international side of football and they get kicked out of the tournament. So you got to think, man, two of the best sides, even Algeria was knocked out They're They're now in shambles. Everybody's retiring. Anyways, Morocco, Senegal are out. This tournament is up for grabs. We have an exciting uh, quarterfinal coming up. And yeah, you you got to kind of give it to Victor and his his attacking side over there in Nigeria. Um, I have to say though, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put a dime on this after seeing Senegal and Morocco go out. And we haven't even mentioned the Asian side with the stuff that's going on in Asia. Also, it's it's been a heck of a of a uh, tournament for both of these uh, tournaments here. So. I'm leaning Nigeria, man. Uh, I want to see if Nigeria can finally win something big. Egypt also got kicked out. Uh, it was penalties that took them out. So all the big names are gone, my friend. Well, really, besides Nigeria. So okay, so that so in the we are in the quarterfinals now of Afcon. Yeah, yeah. Right? So finals we have the the final the the matches that we have right now that are coming up this weekend. Nigeria, Angola, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo versus Guinea, Mali versus Ivory Coast, the hosts, and yeah. Cape Verde versus South Africa. I would say, you know, it's honestly, I think it's probably at this point, Angola looked pretty impressive. 3-0 win 
in their last match. But Nigeria, to me, it's their tournament to win or lose, yeah. I think. I think Absolutely. Nigeria, the Eagles, they, they have a very good shot at, at taking home this, yeah. this uh, AFCON title. Has to be, man. You you got to. And seeing what I've seen this year in this tournament, I'll, I'll probably I'll never forget this. But I, anything can happen at this point. So, but I I agree with you. I would like to see Nigeria win it. Uh, just give it to them, you know. Okay, so let's talk about Asia. What yeah. what do you have there? Oh gosh. Yeah. So I will say I was I was watching I watched the Saudi and Korea match. Your your favorite that you picked and. South Korea, yeah, they're still alive, but barely, man. 4-2 on penalties. Yeah. They advanced past Saudi Arabia, yeah. Yeah, watching it live, man. Uh, Saudi snuck one past them, and then in the – well, I think there was like one minute left in stoppage, and the most beautiful cross to the backside post. No one covering the guy. The the Yuslan uh, – Midfielder heads it to Cho, who is now the Korean savior. They call him the K-pop kid. He was actually wearing a do-rag. It was hilarious. Uh, check our Instagram. I had him on there. Yeah. But he, from Midgetland, uh, from Denmark, who I think... Wait, he, for, you said from Midgetland? Yeah, yeah. Is from, that where uh, Tyrion Lannister and um, Willow yeah. hang out? In Midgetland. Yeah, yeah. Midgetland. Okay, uh, where the midgets live, yeah. yeah. Our fans, holy our fans shit, the, the podcast—they know all about this Danish. The midget, team. the midget land in Denmark, man. So, yeah. so that's where Willow plays football. Yes, okay. yes, with Cho okay. for the South Korean. Uh, yes, team. yes, okay. So he gets a beautiful header and sends it into extra time, and you know how this ends, man. It goes to penalties. I mean, you don't see many extra time goals in Asia or Africa, and. That's how it ended, man. Penalties, uh, Saudi guy missed it, and Saudi Arabia are kicked out. Uh, we did have a thriller today in Iran. Iran being one of the favorites. They, our boy, Tarimi for Porto, one of the best strikers, I feel, uh, of the last, uh, one of the best no-name strikers of the last three seasons. I mean, the guy gets goals at will. Uh, surprising he's still at Porto. I thought he'd be gone by now, but. He scores, and then they get a red card, and uh, Syria sc- Syria also scored after that red. So then that goes into extra time, and you know how this story ends, my friend. Iran win in penalties. Tarimi is suspended for the quarterfinal match against Japan, yeah. and we have ourselves set up for a wonderful – quarterfinal round in the Asian Cup, Iran, Japan, Korea, and Australia. Australia. Yep. That's yep. a big one. That's that's oh, probably the power versus the power right there. Absolutely. Qatar, Uzbekistan, and then I don't know how this happened, Tajikistan versus Jordan. So Korea, Australia, whoever wins that is probably going to come out that bracket, and they're going to either play Iran, Japan, most likely. If Qatar make it to another final in the Asian Cup, um, I'm going to call BS, and we're going to check the refs' um, Swiss bank accounts. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's it's funny how this kind of ended up falling into place with the the, the – the four best teams left, in my opinion, are actually playing each other in the quarterfinals. So it's going to yeah. set up the opportunity for some upsets in the semifinals yeah. because you know Tajikistan, Jordan, those you know Qatar, they're they're going to be playing, I'd say, inferior opponents as they are inferior. And then the four powerhouses: Japan, Iran, 
Australia and South Korea are all two of them will move on and two of them will go home. Yeah. So if all four of them were playing the other four, then I think that the semifinals would be Australia, Korea, Iran, Japan, and Japan. Yeah. yeah. So it's just interesting how it all, how it all panned out and played out in, yeah. in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel as someone who waits for stuff like this, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of the international stuff with, it does take away from domestic at this time because, you know, teams like Tottenham and, and whatnot, hell y'all, are, I think you guys are missing Indo. I mean, there's guys who are important guys who are missing for these domestic clubs and they, there's nothing they can do, you know, except play the guys they have on the bench, but it only happens every what two, four years. So, so I will say that, but it's been in a very exciting, it's been very exciting. I got matches to watch in the morning and they mean something and it's been great, man. I, I can't wait to see who wins both of these. I would love to see maybe Nigeria, Korea, Nigeria, Japan, maybe, or even throw in Iran or Tajikistan. Could you imagine if they won the Asian cup? I mean, I don't even know where that is. Uh, it's over Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and all the stands. Stan, Russia, Stan, like Stan from there was the song by Eminem, Stan, and then there's yeah. Stan Marsh from yeah. South Park. All those stands live together. They're all in the same general vicinity. Same region, okay. yeah, same region. Stan, Stan. Well, no, Stan from Eminem killed himself. He drove yes. off the cliff. Remember? Yeah. But Stan Marsh, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, those stands, they're all. Kazakhstan stands look Kazakhstan is also in that general area it's the biggest yeah. of the stands stand they play, they play in UEFA though so and that's some shit yeah I mean this is so big man I, I mean yeah if I were Kazakhstan I would try to get moved to Asia me too and they were they're never gonna win anything they, in Europe no but they they did decent last this last go-round they actually did and playing against finland and whatnot they almost qualified they would be destroying it in asia they'd be one of the best with japan and iran right. and them. yeah yeah correct so well let's look at a preview real quick just to get a couple previews here we have this weekend let's look at the matches I just want to go over this real quick. Arsenal and Liverpool. So this is technically in the table. Well, Arsenal were second place at one point. City played their match today and moved back into second. And they also have a game in hand on Arsenal. But this is big, right? Arsenal at the Emirates at home against Liverpool. This is Sunday at 1130. So you go from Liverpool and Arsenal directly into Inter and Juve. You cannot ask. You cannot and you will not ask and receive a better morning of football than what we're going to get on Sunday in England and Italy. So I told you today, my prediction, I thought Liverpool would kick the shit out of Arsenal at the Emirates. I'm going to go with a three, one scoreline. I think Liverpool put the nail in the coffin of Arsenal in terms of a title chase for this season. What are your thoughts? Agreed, man. You're not stopping this attack right now. Long as Salah don't touch the pitch for Liverpool, they're a three to four goal fave and Arsenal can't score more than two against Nottingham Forest. So the way things are going for Liverpool, I'm going to say maybe Arsenal might get one, but I kind of want to lean, just like I said the Arsenal, I mean the Chelsea match, I said Liverpool are going to destroy him, and they did. I think Liverpool are going to probably win three to one, four to one here. I'll stick with the three to one. We'll get a repeat result of from today. 
or no, not today. They had four today, excuse me. So three to one uh, to Liverpool and Arsenal's title hopes, even though they are done, they will officially be finished. Well, one real quick in England, this is big. It has implications in terms of the Europa League, but it also could have implications in terms of Manchester United's misery. So that's West Ham United and Manchester United. I told you my prediction on this one the other day. I'll stick with it. I think that West Ham win this one 2-0 over Manchester United. Uh, I must say, man, uh, that that is a uh, – I wouldn't say bold because United are not very good. They no. can't score goals. Uh, missing we talked about this today yeah. that Sheffield United, who are in dead last, they have almost the same amount of goals scored as United who are not – they're – Upper upper half of the mid table, yeah, or bottom of the top. Of I don't know how you want to put it. I'm how you want to put it to be as nice to them as you possibly can. Yeah, negative five goal differential for Man United. They can't score. No, they just just basically. I think they just they pray and spray, or sorry, spray and pray. Yeah. They rely on Garnacho to get goals. Maybe they can get a Bruno Fernandez penalty. That's how they score. You yeah. know, Marcus Rashford, he's doing bullshit. Now yeah. Seven Hogs got to deal with his with his petty crap. Yeah, it's Absolutely to me awesome. United's a mess. I'm that's why I'm picking West Ham to win this one two 0 It doesn't. Yeah. Really, it, I mean, if I'm honest, I'm. Be, I think I feel like I'm being conservative with that. Yeah, no, I mean you're you're not. Believe me, even United fans, if they heard this, they would go, "Yeah, well, you could be right." It's not it's not outlandish anymore, man. It's not crazy to say that United are going to lose a match. Uh, that's just what they do. They can't score goals, and uh, and and I feel watching them versus Newport County. Let's let's repeat that. Newport County, a League Two side who are maybe five spots out of relegation in League Two. They gave up two to Newport. So I'm going to say we'll give it a one to two and West Ham win on a late uh, Ward-Prowse goal. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. Because Mark, I I get to see Mark spaz out and I, I clip it and I watch it again and again and I smile. Hey, got some big ones in Spain too. Uh, would be remiss to say if we don't talk about Girona and Real Sociedad. This is Saturday, 3 p.m. Still one point ahead of Real Madrid with Real Madrid having a game in hand. Girona's got to keep winning. This is Real Sociedad. They're a very tough club in the Champions League, of course. Knockout stage. They're also still back in the top six in Spain. I, I think this is I like this to be a draw. I think Girona's just going to have a hard time. They're going to have to play Real Madrid next week head to head. That's one of the big matchups in Europe. That's going to be massive. That 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 will probably decide the Spanish title next week. But I think the pressure is going to get to Girona, even though they're at home. I think that Real Sociedad can do enough to score. And Girona's been having a little bit of problems with scoring lately. So I think this is going to end one to one. Yeah, that 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 would be a decent that that actually be. Not good for Girona, but good for them, if that makes sense. Real Madrid play their game in hand tomorrow, and then they play Atleti on Sunday, which on is Sunday. another one. Yep, we're going to get to. And then 
they play Yorona. So they will have that match in hand taken care of. Yorona, they had a difficult time in that cup match. I feel like they needed to get exited out of that cup so they can focus on the league. Who cares about Copa del Rey? Who the world gives a crap when you're in a title race and your name is Yorona? So good thing. Yeah, the match in hand is at Getafe. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that tomorrow. That that'll be tomorrow, uh, three o'clock. So and that's you know, Stana, that's uh that's a that's tenth place. I mean, they're 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 not no, twenty eight goals for twenty eight. I mean, they have a they they could sneak up. I mean, they yeah, could no, sneak the up. Potential, on the potential is there for a slip. I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's there for a slip. So we we will see tomorrow. But by the time they play Yorona, it will be taken care of. So. I say the match that Yorona have, they, they could be looking forward a little bit. I feel like the excitement is there for them. They did get a 1-0 win against Celta Vigo. Uh, usually there's goals there. Porto scored that goal. Uh, I, I feel like they yeah, – this is a hard one. It really is because Sociedad's good, but but you you got to remember that they are currently missing um, Kubo for the uh, Asian cup who is a big part of that scoring attack. I'm going to, I'm going to go on a, on a whim here. Sadiq just isn't enough from Nigeria. He's not enough for Sociedad. I'm going to go with a two nil to Yorona and the storybook story continues, my friend. Okay. Last one in Spain to talk about Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. This is from the Bernabeu. Sunday, it's going to be taking place at the same time as Inter and Juve. So on Sunday, you have Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid, Inter versus Juve, and then you also have, as we talked about, Arsenal versus Liverpool. I mean, this is I, this is a Sunday for the ages, uh, yeah, truly. It's it no better. It's no better. So this one's tough. This is always I mean, the, the the Madrid derby is 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 always a very tough one. Obviously, Atletico just beat them in the cup. Real Madrid, though, has gotten the better of them more times than not in the last couple of years in the league, even since, the, especially since Atletico won the league a couple of years ago. I, I just, again, we talked about how many times Real Madrid fall behind 1 0, and then Bellingham or Vinicius or somebody bails them out in the second half. Yeah. This is the one side that, that could stop them from doing that. You know, this yeah. is not like with Almeria where. You're just yeah. like what 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 the fuck just happened? They're down yeah. two nil, and I told you, well, then Real Madrid will win three to two. Yeah, this is a, if they fall behind to Atletico Madrid two nil, I don't know that there's coming back from that because Simeone yeah. has the talent, but also the managerial prowess to shut them down. I I I, I could see this honestly. I look. I I think this match ends in a. I, I could see Atleti winning it, but I think it ends in a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I was thinking draw two. You're not crazy. Uh, Atletico, kicked, you know, they're the ones that beat Real Madrid to get them kicked out of the cup. Sure, it was in Atleti. It was it was in on their grounds, but it, that doesn't matter. Uh, they are fighting, fighting for their lives, man. I really feel they are. Atleti have been on fire. They have been scoring goals. They've been they've been playing really well. I'm going to go with a draw here. I don't think Real Madrid is going to get away with a win. The way they've been playing, sneaking by these teams, Atleti's not one of those teams that's going to let you come back when they're up to 2-0, 1-2. Like, they're just not going to let you pass them and win the match. Sure, the refs could have something to do with it, you know, wink, wink or whatever. But 
I, it's just not going to happen. I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to say 1-1. And I'm going to say Athletic are going to lead that match. And then you're going to get the controversial call at the end. And it'll be something to hit on next week. And, and Jude's going to make a penalty. And it'll be 1-1 and the game will end. Well, let's talk about Germany real quick, and let's we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a German giant that currently resides in the second tier that could be go- dropping down to the third tier, or could be dropping into the same place as many. A, how do I phrase this? I, I was going to say something just really shitty right now, and I'm not going to do it. But basically, just their death, right? Uh, yeah. But before we do it, because there's no matches in, in Germany this weekend. It's yeah. uh, Leipzig hosts Union Berlin. They should win that, even though they've lost three on the balance. They should recover from that. Cologne, Frankfurt. I like Frankfurt in that one. Bayern, Mönchengladbach. But Mönchengladbach are always the Achilles heel for Bayern, but not this time at the Allianz Arena. Leverkusen get a layup this week at Darmstadt. They should win that one 3-0 without even looking. Freiburg and Stuttgart is interesting. Uh, Stuttgart did get a big win last week, huge win over Leipzig. I mean, just uh, five goals score. I couldn't, you texted me that and I was like mind blown. Heidenheim and Dortmund, Heidenheim hosting Dortmund. Heidenheim have done really well this year. Could be a banana peel for Dortmund. I would be laughing my ass off if it was. That's going to be Friday. That's the, that's it kicks off the Bundesliga, but let's talk about Schalke. Okay. So you sent me a text today. It was on Twitter they're they're having trouble securing a license for the third tier. If they were to drop down, they're in a number uh, of of situations where they find themselves with lenders in in massive debt. It's a situation similar to where Dortmund found themselves in two thousand two, and you know, Daddy helped bail them out. There's a c- couple of moving pieces here. You know, Clemens Tunis, who has a lot of money, could help Schalke out. Dortmund, Bayern can help them out financially. I, I just, you know, Schalke has hosted Champions League finals. Schalke has won eight German championships. They are one of the obviously most successful and historic clubs in the history of the league. It's a situation that you have very, very much like Parma and Palermo, former Italian giants who found themselves staring bankruptcy directly in the face. Well, Schalke has come out this week, and Nick, I've talked to some experts that I know who follow Schalke, they have a Schalke podcast, the Schalke America podcast. Talk to Richard today. Uh, he's he, he's at least a little bit concerned. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this, man? Because this is, this is we, we see this almost annually now where somebody who has no business being in this, this financial situation finds themselves in this situation. Clubs like Barcelona avoid it because they're Barcelona. But Schalke, you know, there were, there was, I, I wrote an article for, the Bundesliga fanatic six years ago. And it was about Schalke being on the Forbes 20, 20 most valuable clubs in the world list. Three German clubs were on the list at that time. It was obviously Dortmund, Bayern and Schalke. And I just think about where they were six years ago. We talked about, they were in the champions league five years ago or five or six years ago. So in, in basically half a decade, they've gone from the champions league knockout stage to facing the situation that they face currently, which could be their extinction. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is a big story. People are not going to, they're second tier. And the fact that you have Schalke in the second Bundesliga for the second time in the past three seasons is almost unheard of and unrealistic in itself. If you were to tell someone this five years ago, but it happened and it is happening and they are losing 
matches in the second Bundesliga. Four to one yeah. last weekend, I believe, right? Yeah, it, it's been it's been a it's been a slaughter. They've they've had some really hard time. They've had some really hard times this year in the second tier. You know, we you know I follow it closely. I mean I probably follow well, not this season, but in past seasons, I've followed the second and third tier closer than the first tier. I used to laugh at the first tier, as you know. Uh, and Schalke have just been a disappointment. I I feel like this is a, a Palermo deal. I feel, to me, that Palermo was a team that I loved. Seeing them get in, going into insolvency and going to, I think they were relegated to Serie D in Italy. They got new ownership new club, new everything, and they just restarted. And and I feel that, you know, I don't know anything about the DFB giving out licenses for tiers, third tier, whatnot. So sure, they could get that. But you got to ask yourself, if they do get that, you're already in such a hole. What do you do? How do you get yourself out of it? Because you're not going to be able to pay the quality of players you need to stay up. So you're just eventually just going to go down. Am I right? Or do you stay up with the crap players? Well, so, I, yeah, I mean, that's I, – yeah, I don't have the answer to that. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, like, but here's like the thing. Round. Between 14th place and 17th place in the second Bundesliga. So that's Kaiserslautern in the 14th, Schalke in 15th, Eintracht Braunschweig in 16th, and Hansa Rostock in 17th. They're all separated by one point. Yeah, Kaiser Slaughter has twenty one. Schalke, Braunschweig, and Rostock all have twenty. Yeah, to say so, Richard is pretty confident. Said, I don't believe they're going to go down. Well, there's fifteen match days left, and I mean, it's not you know, Schalke has a negative nine goal differential in the second tier. It's just it's not looking pretty. They've lost two on the bounce. They're winless in their last three. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where this confidence is coming from, but I, I mean, I, I'm certainly. I'm not seeing it. Every they're the only of the clubs that I just mentioned. Even Osnabrück has a better record in their last three matches than Schalke does. Yeah, they have two and, draws and a loss, where Schalke has one draw and two losses. Braunschweig's yeah. won four in a bounce, so they're out of. I mean, they're 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 actually they're they're changing their momentum around. If they just move past Schalke, then Schalke is in the relegation spot at 16th. They'd be playing yeah. the third the third place team in the third league. You know, yeah, Hansa. I, I mean, every way you look at it, it just it, it it's bad news. Yeah, it streams trouble, and and you think they're going to play a possibly promoted Keel side. Keel are tied with thirty five points with second with Firth to to get promoted, and there's I mean I don't give them a flying chance to win that match in Keel's home backyard. So it, it, it's not looking good, bruv, as they say. And uh, Schalke is a favorite at home, and you and that I don't know how to pronounce it, but Braunschweig. Braunschweig, yeah, yeah. Braunschweig is the hottest team in the last five matches. They've scored eight and only given up four. They have twelve points in their last five. So you just like you said, they're getting into form. They're moving it to look to move on up. I mean, it's going to be heck of a match. Schalke lose those next two matches, they're going to be in one of those bottom three spots, and then they're going to have to start really asking for some money for licenses because they could go down. I I don't see where this guy gets the confidence, but you know, I 
I would love to to know where it's coming from because I feel kind of bad for him. Not the guy, but Shout Game. I feel I feel bad. I, I think it could get really nasty. Well, so my question to you would be, and this is kind of funny because that was on. I'm looking at their their their, their actual official Twitter, the German Twitter, has them. Has that has that about the, the 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 license on it? But the one the English Twitter, so Schalke e, the underscore en does not, from what I'm seeing right now. So it's it's kind of a, a misleading thing, if you will, yeah. to not see that on there. Yeah. Well, I I saw it from Thiago, a guy that we follow on our page. Yeah, he's a Hamburg he, supporter, right? Yeah, yeah, the Hamburg guy. Well, he just he was at the Luton match. He was at the other, uh, you know, Chelsea match today. Like he goes all around and goes to Germany and all this and that. But he commented on it and was saying how crazy it is. But you're right; it came from the German Schalke page, not the American one. It would be the equivalent. I was trying to think of something like you know, It'd be like it, it, it would be it would be you know they're they're, they're a perennial. They were used to be con- competing for Bundesliga titles. They finished second place that year that they went that they qualified for the Champions League. They finished second place to Bayern. That was a seventeen seventeen eighteen season, I believe. And then they played in the Champions League 2018-2019, I think it was without having all the years in front of me. But that was under Domenico Tedesco. His first season with them, they won the um, they won the the derby against Dortmund, and they ended up finishing second. They didn't get knocked out of the Champions League until the knockout stages by Man City. So, you know, this is this is a club that just a few years ago was was on, you know, at, at the heights of German football. Yeah. It would be the same as if Arsenal or somebody like that got yeah. j- just got taken out. I mean, yeah. yeah, Arsenal or Spurs, another West good way, you know, huh? West Ham, a little bit bigger. Um, Schalke is bigger in German history than West Ham is in English history. Okay. Schalke, Schalke is got the they're tied for the second most titles in German history with Nuremberg. Okay. So yeah, you have to like yeah, they're. I mean, this is. You know, not in recent years. Yeah, but it's but just, just like they, historically, they, yeah. if like you know, Manchester United or somebody like that got relegated, and but not yeah. even relegated, my friend. But like we're talking about their their, their extinction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it. This is. I mean, this uh, to me, they uh, the fact you know Richard when I talk to him is kind of I'll, I'll worry about it. You know, if it's late March and we're in the same position, but like you sending me that it that. You, you sent me Jurgen Klopp news. I was totally chill. This has sent off bigger exclamation points and alarms in my head than that than that did. Yeah, I think this is huge. I think this yeah. is huge news. And people sitting there saying, "Oh, they're not going to go down. They'll figure it out." Look, dude, I understand they're the biggest club in the second tier, bar none. I think they have the second most members out of any club in Germany. I think Bayern's one and Schalke is two. This is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. They just look so bad too. That's where I'm saying I don't know why people are just like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, no, they lose a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
to, to expect them to just win and get out this hole is, is crazy talk. That's like, that's like saying Sheffield United. Oh, you're a Sheffield United fan. Oh, it's okay. We'll be fine. Like, bro, no. Have you seen the table? You're, you're not looking good. Yeah. So definitely, I agree with you, man. I sent it to you and I figured you'd know something about it. You, Schalke you know just, it. I mean, Schalke, Kaiser Slaughter was on a four, four match losing streak in the league and they just snapped it by beating Schalke four to one. Yeah, destroyed them, dude. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's why I was like, dude, what in the world? This like, is Schalke like is- this Saturday, Nick, 7 a.m. It's a must win. Schalke is at home and they play Braunschweig. They're, that, that's a direct Yeah, that they're the hottest team in, in, in the second tier right now. Right now, yeah. They're tied. They're level with points with yeah. Schalke. They're in direct competition with Schalke for relegation. Yeah. Chalk has got to win this. It's it's yeah. not it's not even it's not even a question. They have to win yeah. this. It's a must win match in early February for them. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is is they won't win it. They they're they're probably going to lose. So yeah, well, I mean th- that'll be the first thing I look at when I wake up uh, because I'm not going to be up at seven watching second tier Germany. I will watch the two thirty match, but not the the seven. And I will say, hey, look, Critty, they lost because I just I have no faith in it, man. I, I feel like players see this stuff too, and they know their future there is probably nothing. And I just feel like it just spreads around like a cancer. I mean, to know that your club could just be in this much trouble, it, it has to be on your mind at least a little bit. Yeah. It, it- it has to be. I mean, the players. I mean, yeah. you have like, and 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 they have players on there like Simon Gerode that you know. Yeah, if my job it, was telling me they were closing next year, it's possible they could close if I don't sell more. I'm gonna have that in the back of my mind, and that could affect my performance, regardless if I want to say I'll do better or do not do better. It's gonna be in my mind, and it's gonna change things. They, so, they have one of the most beautiful stadiums too, FC Schalke. It's uh, uh, Arena Auf Schalke, which is in Gelsenkirchen. This is. 62,271 is the capacity, Nick. It opened August of 2001. It's hosted World Cup matches. It's hosted Champions League finals. Can you imagine if that, that stadium just didn't have a club then? Yeah. I, I feel I, I I feel something's going to save them, but I feel it's inevitable that they're going to just need so much money and help that it's it's something's going to have to change big time because you can't just <laughs> keep it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man, but it, there's no, a Google okay. review that says the beer, wine, and – Service was great for for, 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 for Schalke's arena. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, for their stadium. That's that's pretty funny. Anyways, <laughs> so you you basically think they're going to have someone throw them a hail mary? They have to. I mean, think about it. That's the only that's the only way. I mean, they're not their players. The players they have aren't 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 top tier level, and they're not second tier. Let's get out of relegation level. I mean, I watch the second tier. I'm not a Schalke pro, and and hey, Schalke guys, don't hate. I don't. I don't have nothing against you or your team. It's just from what to, I see from them, they have a leaky defense, and they have a hard time getting goals sometimes. So it's hard to say that they're going to come out of this relegation zone just magically. This match this weekend is going to be big. Win this match this weekend, and then let's turn this around. But I just have no faith in them. No. You know, this is a club, too, that, like I told you today, had Leroy Sané. They had Benedict Hovedis. They had Leon Goretzka. They had Manuel Neuer. They had Joel Matip. It's, it, they, yeah, the list goes on and on, dude. Yeah, Klaus-Jan Huntelaar. Just 
it's 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 just it's it's absurd to think of how much talent and i'm not that's the tip of the iceberg by the way i'm not even we're we're not naming all of them yeah but it's just it's insane to think about a club that's had that many great players oh mesut ozil let's not forget him yeah just 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 to be reduced to to ruin you know yeah no, I, I agree, man. And and we see we it's not every year. Well, just almost every year, man. There's a time where I text you and I'm like, dude, this club's in trouble. And you're like, holy cow. Yeah, I know. This one's the shocker. This, yeah, this one was is the, the big, big shocker. But I'm going to see, Nick. Now, how many Schalke kits did I buy today? Um, Let's see here. Three. I bought one, two. No, I bought two. Uh, two, and I have one that's a that I'm that I've I sent an it's offer to a guy on, but I bought two. Yes, I bought two. So I'm supporting Schalke as much as I can. Yeah, and I'm also collecting my merchandise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna and be a, I'm, it's gonna I'm be right a item, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. All jokes aside, man, I, I I've said this the last three or four years, man. I wish them the best, but like I never knew it would come to this, I and mean, it's yeah. just. This is this is this is the end of the road for them, man. And uh, eighteen sixty Munich is a very good example of like you know getting relegated from the second tier directly into the fourth tier because they couldn't secure that license for the third tier. They had to go into the amateur ranks, and that would be what would be or semi pro. That would be what would Schalke in the semi pro league, man. I mean, just yeah. from Champions League to semi pro in less than a decade. What a yeah. what a what a story, but in yeah. the worst sort of way. Yeah, massive, massive fall from grace, and and we would be there to witness it. Yeah, well, that's the sad note we're going to end on this week, Nick. I, it's it's a shame that we're talking about this, but we had to. I mean, it was just such big news in a week full of news. It, it certainly wasn't the headline story, but when a club that used to be on the Forbes top twenty list just a few years ago is facing basically what you would call, I guess you in college football you would call the death penalty. Yeah. It's yeah, um, right. it, it's yeah, it's quite that. It's quite the headline, especially biggest headline in the second Bundesliga by far. Probably the biggest headline in German football today because they did no one, no one played of significance today. So, well, you say of significance now, Kaiser Slausen did. Yeah, he, I know you got the DFB call, yeah. but that's why I said of significance. That's why yeah. I said of significance. But <laughs> yes, they had the DFB call, and and in K Town. Took care of business, so they're in the yeah. what semifinals now. The day people call. If I'm not mistaken. It, it is, man, and it's it's. I'm hoping to God that Leverkusen don't give two craps about it because I would love to see a second. Kaiser Slaughter could be Europa. a team fighting for relegation in the second Bundesliga, but they play in the Europa League next year. Insane. Yeah. Imagine if they got relegated and played in the Europa third tier. <laughs> I, well, look. I mean, it could happen. I, I look. That's the stuff that dreams are made of, right? Absolutely, dude. I would, I would, I would never forget Wigan, Wigan, or Preston North End, yeah, or Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, Sheffield Wednesday. They suck something hard. Sheffield Wednesday playing the Europa League because they won the FA Cup. Yeah, but they get like they're playing in like League One. (laughs) Yeah, they would be destroyed. I mean, they'd be destroyed too, man. I have to say, Kaiserslautern go and play in Europa. They would probably look, be man. Getting- the Betzenberg—that's a historic stadium that hosted World Cup games in two thousand six. Yeah, Kaiserslautern is another one like like Schalke, man. That arena, yeah. I they, have a kid. They packed that shit full, man. 
I have a Keister Slouten kit that, and, and it blows people away. They're like, who in the hell is this? And I say, Hey, it's third tier. You German. tell them it's German Second royalty, team. German yeah. royalty, <laughs> German royalty. Only team, only club in German history to get promoted from the second tier and then win the whole thing the next season. Oh, wow. That's 1998, Kaiser Slaughter got promoted and won the entire Bundesliga in, yeah. in, in, in all in one year. Yeah, and we'll never see that again. Never see that again, no. No, no. But, Nick, this has been a fun show, man. Um, we covered we, we covered some big topics. We covered a lot. We talked about a lot. But, yeah, like I said, I can't tell you what a big news week. We just had to yeah. just forego the results and talk about just the stuff that's happened. We, we didn't even talk about the transfer market, but not a lot happened there. I mean, it's been yeah, moment, nothing happened. one of the most yeah. quiet Januarys, like you said, Gio Reyna goes to Nottingham Forest from Dortmund yeah. alone, extended his contract yeah. out to 2026 with Dortmund. Deals were not done for certain nope. players. Bayern signed some jackass no, today from Spain. I forget who it was, from Getafe nope. or something. No, nope. well, they signed a defender from um... – from Galatasaray, also twenty-three-year-old French defender. Okay, yeah, just just a lot of nonsense, small yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the big deals didn't happen. We talked about Benzema. We talked about you know certain big name big name players. You know, was 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 something going to happen that you know was going to kind of shift the needle or move the needle, and, and it just didn't. It just yeah, didn't. nothing. Absolutely. I mean, one of the nothing. biggest moves of the window was Eric Dyer going to Bayern Munich. I mean, that says that says that it all, says right? It all. Yeah, not even worth our breath. But he gets to go drink German beer with uh, his boy Harry Kane now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. His Tottenham buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy that has a, a what is it? Um, the the it's, it's great cinematics in Bayern with the stupid Harry Kane, the Hurricane balls. Oh, no. The hurricane, up. The Harry, Harry Kane, yeah, yeah, so stupid. Oh my god, the tackiest thing that they only do that because they're in second place. I'm telling uh-huh. you, man, if they were winning it right now, you wouldn't see no hurricane, Harry Kane. No, you, you, you definitely wouldn't. No. All right, my friend. Well, I will see you and all of you listeners. Thank you so much. We will see you next week, same time, same channel and yeah. yeah uh what 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 a week it's been looking forward to the weekend games doesn't get any better than sunday man i'm looking forward to it sunday's going to be an absolute gem of a day in the world of football Absolutely. especially especially in 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 these big leagues with all these these uh these title races going on it's going to be amazing yeah. yeah absolutely a treat all right well everyone take care we'll see you next week until yeah, then we'll see you guys cheers Support.